maybe heard for the first time, or at least received it for the first time, that you are called by God. You are called by God. And today we're going to look at how you're not only called by God, but you are gifted by God. And so all of us are called, all of us are gifted. So I want to start out today by having you repeat with me, I am called, I am gifted. Say it with me. I am called, I am gifted. Say it one more time. I am called, I am gifted. And I'm telling you that's every person in this room today. There's no exception. There's no one left out. And my goal today is that I will convince you of that because you weren't skipped over when it comes to this area. Now, again, Paul writes this letter to Timothy because here's a young man who is pastoring a church. And, you know, you got people to deal with and People have problems and issues and emotional needs and things like that. And sometimes they even direct them toward different people. You know, it's more of an internal problem, but it becomes an external problem. And, and I know I'm only talking in generalities. You've never experienced anything like that. But, but anyway, just imagine if that were to happen. And, and so in this church, there could have been at this time people saying, you know, stuff about Timothy and talking smack and whatever, and he's having to deal with some of these things. Now, I know that's just far removed from our imagination, but, but just imagine that there were church people like that, you know, and, and he had to deal with that. And Paul comes along into the midst of that and says, whoa, hold on. You are called. You are gifted. Don't you get, give up. Don't you give in. Don't you dare believe the doubters. Don't you believe the haters. The haters going to hate and whatever. You know, you just, you just keep moving on, Timothy. Don't you dare give in. And if Paul were here today, he would say the same thing to you. He would say, don't believe all the stuff people are saying. Don't believe the worst reports about your life. Don't even believe the worst report that comes from within. You are called. You are gifted. You are chosen by God. Don't you dare quit, give in, or give up. God will bring you through. So let's take a look at what he says in chapter 4. Here it is, verse 11. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. So we're going to learn this today because Paul taught this to Timothy. Don't let anyone Think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. The words he uses there could carry the meaning of don't let anybody tell you you are worthless. Don't let anybody tell you that, that you are worthless, that you are not worthy of this position or this job. And another term that some translators use is they despise you. You know, they're almost looking down on you. And it could be, you know, that they're saying things like, you know, I don't think Timothy has what it takes. I don't think he should be in leadership you know, who is he to tell anybody else what they need to do? I think he needs to work on his own life. 
You know, and how, how can he say those things? He's not lived that long. And so he could be, they could be saying all kinds of things. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that said about you where people say, you know, who are they to tell me what to do? Who are they to say anything? Who are they to give any advice or whatever? But Paul would say, hey, it doesn't matter if people think you're worthy or not. Christ says you're worthy. You are worthy because of him. So whether they say you're too young or you're too old or you're too this or you're too that, you made too many mistakes, you don't speak well, kind of like a Moses who believed well. People say, I don't speak well. I don't think I speak well, so I couldn't be used. I couldn't take two million people out of Egypt and bring them over to the promised land. But how many of you know he did, right? And so it doesn't make any difference what people say or even what you say. It's what God says because God is the caller he's the caller and nobody can take that away from you so God has called us and what's he called us to do he says you be an example you don't worry about them see you don't worry about what people are saying what's going on out there you don't worry about all that you just focus on being example no matter what people say this is your role you can do this you can be an example even in the midst of a frustrating experience even if it's frustrating even if you feel like well hey I, I think I'm the only one given here I, I think I'm the, you know I'm the only nice person around or I, I'm the whatever and, and, and Paul says hey even if you feel that way you just go ahead and do the right thing anyway you just go ahead and be an example anyway so we're going to look at how to use our gifts so if you're taking notes write this down first step First step, if you're going to use your gift and you're going to move out into all God has for you, is don't sell yourself short. Don't sell your gift short that God has put in your life. Now, I was looking. I heard about this, and so I looked it up this week on Amazon. And sure enough, there is a gift for the person who has everything. Does anybody have somebody like that in your life? You know, it just seems like, what are you, what are you going to give them? Well, Amazon has solved this problem. Somebody has come up with a solution for the person who has everything. Here's what you give them. You give them the gift of nothing <laughs> for the person who has everything. And, and here's what it is. It's a package for about $7. Amazon will ship you this. And, and you can have the gift of nothing. And what you do is you just open it up and you just be enthralled with nothing. <laughs> just, just nothing. See, I just helped you today. You have a gift now to give to somebody else. But here's the thing about this. Here, here's the thing about this is some of us feel like that's what God has done. That God's given us the gift of nothing. That, you know, other people have gifts. Other people have talents and abilities and things like that. And I'm sure other people are called. Craig, I, I think you're called. I think you have gifts or whatever. We look at other people. We compare ourselves to other people. And we think, well, I think I got the gift of nothing. I, I don't think God has given me a gift. I want to assure you, and Paul would say, hey, don't compare yourself to other people. 
Don't compare your gift to somebody else. See, some of you, you grew up that way. Why can't you be like your brother? Why why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like that kid or this person or whatever? And you've been compared all of your life. I'm telling you, that's why the Bible says don't compare yourself to other people. No one has received the gift of nothing. You have skills, gifts, talents, abilities, wirings that God has put in your life. There are natural things even in your life that you think, well, yeah, I think everybody can probably do this or whatever. It's like people who are good with people. You know, and, and they're just good with people. They're just amazing. And they talk to people and they can talk people down from, you know, somebody's all, you know. And next thing you know, they're smiling. And you're like, oh my gosh, how'd you do that? Like, uh, wasn't anything. And you're like, uh, yeah, it is. I'd probably been in a fight by now, you know. We'd be on the floor here rolling around. Or are they, you know, you know people who, it's like they can sell anything to anybody. You know, and you're like, man, that's amazing. That's, that's like a gift, you know. You could sell, you know, water to a person with a jug of water in their hand, you know. I mean, you're, you're amazing. And, and they would say, no, it's nothing, Right? Because to them, it's like a natural thing. It's like how I look at people who are good with their hands, you know, and and somebody that can build something or come over and work on something and fix something and whatever, and and I can take those same tools. Hey, and I can mess it up, all right? I can mess it up, you know? And, and, and I'm like, how'd you, wow, how'd you know what to do or whatever? It's nothing. I'm like, mm, no, it's something, all right. It's, it's something more than I could do. I, there's no way I could do that. But God comes along. He gifts people with different abilities, and he gifts them to us for a reason. Each of us have a gift. Now, last week, we looked at how we have a calling. We have a primary calling, and that is to love and surrender our lives to God. And we just do that every day. Everybody's called to that, to just live your life surrendered to God, believing for him to work in your life every day. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or woman, young or old or whatever. All of us can do that. We can believe and surrender each day to God. And then we said we can take our time, our talent, and our resources, and we can serve God with those by serving other people. Everybody can do that. Everyone can do that. But then we say, yeah, there's some people who receive a specific call from God. But if you'll look in the Bible, there's a very few amount of people who get that. Most people don't receive that. And the people who do get a specific call to a specific time and place and thing or whatever, it's usually to call people back to their primary calling. And to say to people, hey, I came from over there, over here, because God told me to come over here and tell you, get back on track. Get back on track with what God has for your life, and and all will be good. And, you know, God's spoken to me to speak to you so that you can get on back with God. 
And so that's a specific calling. So until you receive a specific calling from God, here's what you need to do. Stop waiting and start walking. Start walking in what you do know. What you do know is you need to believe and surrender to God every day. What you do know is, is you should give your time, your talent, and your resources to serve God by serving other people. And then you'll be in a great position that if God does want to specifically speak in a specific way unto you, you'll be ready to receive it. You'll be ready for it. Paul says, don't let anyone think less of you anyone I was thinking about that don't let anyone sometimes it's not somebody on the outside it's the person on the inside you know we we don't have to hear doubt from other people we can generate enough of it ourselves right we we can get enough unbelief going ourselves we we can begin self-doubt well I think somebody else would be better suited. I think somebody else could do this. And doubt begins to creep in, and we think, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. And, and, and you, you, you could even change jobs, and then you get over to the new job, and you were looking forward to it and excited about it. You get over there and think, maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> you ever done that? You know? Or, or, or worse yet, you know, you get married, and you think, oh, Maybe this was a mistake, you know. I, I, I think I got the wrong person. I don't know how that happened, you know. And, and so we can do that kind of stuff, and we begin to doubt, and we begin to get confused, and all of this stuff begins to come in. And Paul says, hey, stop looking down on yourself. Quit thinking that God can't do something supernatural through you, Timothy. Absolutely, he can do something great through you. It doesn't matter how young. It doesn't matter how old. It doesn't matter how wise. It doesn't matter how not wise. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be anything. God just has to tap you on the shoulder. God just has to use the gift, talent, and abilities he's put within you, and something special can happen, right? Something special can happen. Because God is bigger than your self-doubt. God is bigger than the talk of people. God is bigger than your lack of confidence. God is bigger than your failures. He's bigger than your mistakes. He's bigger than all the other things. And comparing yourself to other people never leads you to greatness. Now, otherwise, you come up with excuses. Well, they could do it better. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too weak. I'm too this. I'm too that. You become like Moses. And God said, nah, Moses, you can do this. And let me tell you something. You can do it. You can do this. Timothy was mentored. We'll read this in a moment. Listen to this. He was mentored by Paul, called by God, anointed by the elders, and had a personal prophecy spoken over him. That's pretty good. Not bad. But if the circumstances get hard enough, you can begin to doubt all of that. Isn't that amazing? Because Paul is having to encourage him. 
You can still doubt. You can have hands laid on you till you're bald-headed. You can have all kinds of, you know, prophecies spoken over you. You can have all kinds of things to where, you know, you, you feel like, man, I, I think God's picked me and chosen me to do something. And I, I think I'm anointed and gifted to do this. And still, when the circumstances get tough enough, you can think that maybe this isn't right. Maybe I'm not right for the job. Maybe I'm out of position. Maybe I shouldn't have come to this church. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I shouldn't be in this. Maybe I shouldn't have started this job. Maybe, maybe somebody else should have reared these kids, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, and you can begin to self-doubt. And, and, and here's the thing. Some people think, well, if God was in it, wouldn't it just work? Have you read the Bible? I mean, seriously, you ought to read it sometime. It's, I, when I read this, I get encouraged. Because I read about people who are screw-ups and who are doubters and who have, you know, chucked it all and just thought, oh, you know, I'll never make it and whatever. And, and they're not, you know, they mess up royally. And in spite of it, not in light of it, in spite of it, God uses them for his honor and for his glory. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope, right? That gives me hope that God could use me. So never think, well, if God called me to do this, why wouldn't the path be smooth? Why wouldn't he just clear out everything? No, excuse me, Jesus himself, just before the cross, is praying in the garden. God, I know we've talked about this before, but Father, if there's a plan B, let's go with it. Let's go with that. But if not, I'm willing, right? See, and, and if Jesus, if Jesus could have that kind of struggle. And, and, and all, I understand the struggle, but never allow the enemy to tell you that it ought to be easy if God's in it. Quite the opposite. Maybe God put you in all that mess. Maybe God put you in all that turmoil. Maybe God put you in that job, put you in that relationship, put you in that situation so you could do something about it. Think about that. God may have decided that, hey, I believe you can do something about this. I don't know about you, but some of you may think, I wish he didn't trust me so much, you know. <laughs> but he does. Think about it. God trusts you to not give up, to not give in, to not quit, to not be overwhelmed. And to Timothy, he says, hey, Timothy, don't you dare give up. Man, you, you've got a touch of God on your life, and I'm telling you, God's put you exactly where you need to be, and so don't you sell out. Let me tell you something. Things can be for sale. You can sell your house. You can sell your car. You can sell whatever, but you don't sell out on your gifting, your calling, your character. You never sell out those things that God's put inside of you, right? You know, that is not for sale. It's your gift, and it's gifted to you for others. Here's the next thing to write down is do what you are. 
Do what you are. Now, you know, a lot of us are known by what we do in life. You know, we kind of put our profession with the introduction of the person. And, and, you know, some of us have had some jobs that we just soon not be identified with, you know. I don't know if you've ever had some of those jobs. Maybe you're in one now. But uh, Jimmy Fallon did a thing of worst summer jobs ever. And, And they were hilarious. People sent stuff in. Here's one. One summer, I got hired to shovel expired peanut butter into a dumpster. When I came back the next day, the boss said, wow, nobody's ever come back. What are you doing here? Amazing. Once I used colored hair gel when I worked at the summer fair. It rained and my whole face was dyed green for a week. (laughs) Looked like the Hulk. I worked at an ice cream store and my scooping arm got totally ripped. So my t-shirts would be tight on only one arm. (laughs) That's funny. It's like, don't look at this one. Just look at this one, all right? This is a good one. At 15, I worked in a hardware store but knew nothing about hardware. All summer, old men came in and called me useless. <laughs> Where's that power saw at? I don't know, you know. You're useless. You may be in that situation right now. Where, you know, our culture, again, defines us by who we are. You know, a lot of times when people meet me and somebody's introduced me, uh, they'll say, oh, this is Pastor Craig. He's the pastor of Crossroads Church. Not he's a nice guy. Uh, Not, you know, I like him. Uh, He's my friend or whatever. It's what I do. You know, and so we're so tied in with our professions and what we do. And Paul comes along and he says, hey, you're more than just what you do, but what you do can be used of God in in the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And so here's what you need to do, Timothy. You need to put some task to your gift because, and I think it's there in your notes, when you put your gifts and your tasks together, it'll equal impact. You put your gift that God put in you And you put a task to it, you begin to do something with it, and then impact can happen. Something can happen through that exchange. And and that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy here. He's saying, hey, you you begin to put this task to work. Look at verse 13. Uh, Pull that up for me, please. It says, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church encouraging the believers and teaching them. Now, that's because he was a pastor. Okay, so, so he says, you know, here's what you need to do. Read the scriptures, encourage, and teach. Now, for you, if you're a plumber, he would say, hey, work on the pipes, you know, and get the right parts there and hook people's water up properly so there's no leakage. Just do that. So do those things. Begin to do those things. Begin to teach. If you teach Teach kids in the public schools, hey, 
you know, teach those children, encourage them, help them, move them on to that next level to where they're ready for it, and, and they're inspired to learn even more. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. There it is. So, so in other words, there's a spiritual gift that's been imparted to you. Now you got to take that gift and put a task to it, and then it'll equal impact in your life. Now, just as a side note, there are over 20 spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament alone. Okay, and if you're in a life group, which I hope you are, if you're not, you can get in one today, all right, uh, you will learn about these if you're studying along with us in the life groups because we'll look through all the different passages in life group this week of where those different lists are and you might see a gift that you say, I didn't even know that was a gift. I I didn't know that was in the Bible. It's just like the gift of organization. You know, the Bible talks about organization, talks about people who, who are gifted to build and different things, but you've got the gift of organization, for example. You may think, well, that's no big deal. And other people are like, are you kidding me? Your house is amazing. I come over and look in your closet, and I'm like, whoa. It's like everything has a spot, you know? And who would have thought of, of doing that? And, all? And, and you're just like, oh, it's no big deal. But you just have a, a knack or a gift. And if you're single here today, and you're very disorganized, and you're just chaos, you know, and you're just crazy and, and all, you might want to think about marrying someone who is organized uh, to help you. Uh, so you can put your life together. But aren't you glad for people who have that gift? It's just like the gift of evangelism. How would you know if you have a knack or an ability to reach people for Jesus until you do? I mean, until you get out there and start, you know, working it and saying, hey, you know, would you like to come with me to crossroads this Sunday and if you can't come then how about Easter Sunday and you start talking to people next thing you know you're like man that was simple that was easy and then you move on you're telling that to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and you'll never know that until you use it it's like a gift of encouragement you find that gift and then you put it in place I happen to have a gift of encouragement and teaching so so A gift of encouragement in my situation is I love it when I get up here, talk about the scriptures that I love. I just think they are so awesome. When I read them for myself, I'm like, whoa, that is great. That is incredible. I mean, I wish everybody knew this. And so I get up here and I talk like that. I say, hey, guess what's in here? (laughs) You know, this is awesome. You should do this. You know, you should, you should apply this in your life. And, and my goal and, and one of my callings, I feel like, is that when people leave, they feel like, I am so glad I came today. I am so glad. I feel so encouraged. I feel like I can go take on the world. I feel like the devil is in trouble this week. I feel like I will win. I feel like I will overcome. I feel like my marriage will succeed. I feel like this job is going to go forward. I feel like I will be more than a conqueror through him who loves me. And so when you hear that and I hear that back from you, then it encourages me all the more. You know, and so we should do that. You know, 
you don't sell your gift short. You inspire others or whatever it is. Now you may say, well, I, I think I've got a gift of encouragement, but that doesn't mean you get up on the stage. For some of you, how that gift would work is you write a note to somebody this week. And you say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you and praying for you today. Man, have you ever gotten one of those notes? Isn't that amazing? Or a text or an email from somebody? I mean, you, you can use your gift, your talent, your ability, your, your, your gifting from God in different ways. And here's what Paul says in verse 15. Uh, I love this verse. He says, throw yourself into your task. Throw yourself into your task. Somebody say, Craig, I wish you'd do that, man. I wish you'd throw yourself into your task. I, I don't get it when somebody doesn't throw themselves into their task. Because when God has put something inside of you, whether it's to teach or to evangelize, to share your faith with other people, or to pray with others, to intercede in the gap for other people. I mean, if you're a person who needs prayer, man, the best person to have in your life is somebody who knows how to get a hold of God and keep on holding on and keep on trusting, keep on believing until something happens in the situation. They won't give up. They've got bulldog faith and they'll just pray until something breaks loose. And see, in our lives, we need people with different gifts, talents, and abilities. And Paul says to Timothy, throw yourself into it. And I guarantee you, if Paul was here today, he would say to this crowd this morning, he would say, throw yourself into your gift. Do not wait, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, no one at the end of life says, I've never had anybody have this happen, I've never had this happen to me, and I've never known of it happening, where somebody on their deathbed said, I wish I'd have just held back. You know, I just, just gave, gave too much. No. You know what the biggest regret is of most people at the end of life? I wish I'd have given it my all. I wish I'd lived like I had no fear. I wish I'd have gone out there and done something great. I wish I'd have just stepped out and given it everything I had. And let me tell you something. I don't want you to live your life with regret. I don't want you to live that way. I want you to be able to know that you gave it your all. And it should be simple things. I heard about a guy by the name of Don Ritchie. Don Ritchie, you can, you can Google him later. Don't do it now. But you, you can Google him later. Don Ritchie's a guy in Australia, just passed away a few years ago, and he received all kinds of accommodations, all kinds of, uh, of uh, affirmations about his life and things like that, and here's what it was. Don Ritchie and his wife moved to this place in Australia, local area where it's known as The Gap. And the reason why it's called The Gap is because where their house sat, it was very close to like this ledge, this area with a huge drop-off, and it was just kind of a beautiful area, and they called it The Gap. 
But what would happen and what Don didn't know when he and his wife moved there is it was one of the top suicide spots in the nation. And people would come out there, get on the edge of the cliff, and then just fall over or jump off. And after Don learned of this, he would notice people out there getting closer and closer to the edge. So Don began going out there and engaging people in conversation. Say, hey, hey, how, how you doing? In the view, beautiful out here, isn't it amazing? And see, the last thing you want when you're getting ready to kill yourself is somebody wanting to talk to you, you know? <laughs> it just messes with you, you know? It just messes you up. And so people back off and whatever, and he'd say, hey, hey, would you like to come into the house for a spot of tea? You know, we could, we could just share some tea. I, I've got some water hot in the house and love to have tea with you. And year after year, for over 40 years, he lived there. Don would go out when he would look out the window and see someone getting closer and closer to the edge by themselves. And he would make his way out. Sometimes he'd just bring the tea with him and come out there. Say, hey, hey, step back here. Let's, let's talk about this. And if they said, oh, you know, I want to talk about him or whatever, he'd say, hey, life can't be that bad. You know, let's talk about it. And they estimated, his family estimates that it was bigger, but they estimate over 100 easily that he rescued. His family believes it's four or 600 or more people that he rescued that would come out there with one thought in mind, but because Don came out and had tea, because Don came out and had a conversation, somebody's life was changed. See, I don't know what you might do. And it may seem insignificant, like what's a cup of tea? What's a conversation? But let me tell you something. When you have a conversation with someone and you go even a step further and say, you know what, I don't know about you, but I believe and I believe I know that there is a God who has purpose for your life. And you do that maybe back here with five-year-olds or six-year-olds. Or maybe you come to student ministry and you look 15-year-olds in the eye and you say, hey, I think God's got a plan and purpose for your life. And, and you may be back here on Sunday mornings. You attend one service and volunteer in the other. And you think, am I even doing any good? Because all they want to talk about is their puppy that they want. You know? Or, or they want to talk about how much they love chocolate or whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm trying to talk to them. But then, but then a parent says, thank you for all you do. Because my kid loves coming back every week. And I just love it that they love coming back every week. And every once in a while you may get one that will say, and you know what? They even talk to me about how Jesus loves them. And how he's got a plan and a purpose for their life. See, you just never know. You just never know how God may use you to 
someone else. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the gifts and abilities that you put within us. And God, what's important is that we recognize that we have a gift. And in having a gift, Paul would tell us today, get it to work. Put it into practice. Put it to work in your life. And so, God, we want to do that. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I don't want my gift sitting on the shelf. I don't want my gift sitting in a chair. I don't want the gifts, talents, and abilities that God's put within me to be misused or unused when I could leverage something, some part of me for God. And it may seem so simple. It may, it may just be like a spot of tea. It may just be like a conversation, but it's an incredible gift to rescue over 100 people, maybe 400, maybe 600 people and, and to turn their lives around. God, we never know what we might do and accomplish when we step out for you. And so if you're here today and you say, Craig, I want to step out for God. I want God to use my gift, my talent, my ability for his honor, for his glory. I don't want to sit on it. I want to step out into it in my life. How many are with me on that? You raise your hand right now and say, yes, yes, yes. I want to be used of God. Father in heaven, you see every hand that's raised. And God, you know every unique person and their personality. And for, for some God, some of us, we get up on a stage and we talk and other people write notes and they send texts. And they private message people, encourage them. For others of us, we work on things and we help people that don't know how to fix something themselves. For others of us, we come alongside and we teach their kids about Jesus and we help them to experience God in their own way. God, whatever it is that you have for us to do, may we use it for your honor, for your glory in a powerful way. Maybe others of you are here today. And living a life on purpose is not how you would describe your life. And maybe the problem is you've never surrendered your life. Maybe like what I was talking about earlier. You haven't done that first step of surrender your life to God. Or maybe you did that back years ago. But somehow or another you grabbed the steering wheel and you took off. But maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want Jesus to grab the wheel. I, I, want, I want my life to, to be more than what I can make of it. And I believe my creator, my maker can make something supernatural in my life. And I guarantee you, even if you don't believe that, I believe it. I believe it for you this morning. And if you're here today and you say, I'd like to give God a try with my life. I'd like to surrender my life as just as I am to God this morning. Will you just raise your hand and say, yes, it's me. Yes, I see the hands. A whole bunch of them back here. God bless you. Over here, God bless you. All right, several around the room. So this is awesome. Many people surrendering to Jesus today. Let's just surrender our lives to him. Church family, help me to help others to pray this out loud right now. Just everybody praying. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross as history records to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but today I want to start over. So wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. As much as I know how, 
I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God and giving me purpose for my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.